0: And we're back. Got Kells on the mic here. Series tied 2 to 2. Hope I didn't spoil it. Little golden shower there, eh? Jesus. The beer got marked in the eye there, huh? Was going to throw it over to Sammy, but uh yeah. That ring you heard at the beginning uh that was told Sammy K, so uh kid's not in attendance. You hate to hear it. Mark, I guess we'll just have to run this by ourselves. How are we doing?
1: Not bad. Uh, A little duo action. We'll take it. But, uh, yeah, we're back. (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
0: you got to figure that out right there. What is that? What just happened? I have no Moving on. We're not moving on. What just happened? <laughs>
1: my fingers slipped twice. We are going want me to tell you? It happens.
0: Good Lord. That is a tough start, Bruins and Six. It's not coming out either. <laughs> oh, my. Bruins and Six, definitely. After that moment, you even disrespected. We got the Cardinals logo. We're repping St. Louis on the can. And right, you did that. All right. My bad.
1: Okay? My bad. It happens.
0: Sammy K would have had a better crack, but guess what? He's probably snoozing.
1: Probably? I mean, he is. Yeah. All right.
0: All right. Let's move on uh yep so like i said at the beginning uh we are tied up at two apiece going to boston uh tomorrow we are recording wednesday night tomorrow game 5 7 p.m nbc find yourself at a watch party television set anything can't miss it um fuck even dial into chris kerber Dude's dude's a beauty dude's a legend uh let's start off with, uh, you know, we were watching game four. Got a little bit of uh, non-NHL news during the game. It's like, hey, uh, cup's going on. We're going to break this news real quick. Uh, Marquis Flyers <clears throat> makes a trade for Kevin Hayes for a fifth. Unreal. How about that steal?
1: I'm so fucking down. I mean, I mean you know, he didn't do anything okay. against us, which is fair. Because I mean, yeah, he, he didn't play either. Like, they barely played the fucking guy. It made no sense. Why give up a first if he's, you're not even going to give him PT? He played like 12 minutes a night. It was weird. But, um. I mean, granted, he's not a flyer yet. All we did was trade for his rights to uh, talk to him before he hits free agency on July 1st, which I am so down for. It's a fucking fifth-round pick. I I don't care. If we have the chance to talk to him for a month to sign him to somewhat of a term deal to have Couturier, Hayes, and Nolan down the fucking middle, I'm in there. Have Claude on the wing. Jake, maybe Wayne Train comes back. You never know. Carter Hart in the cage. Ghost and Provy on the back end. We're back in the playoffs. Fucking, you book it. You heard it here. Time to shit on this uh, little parade here. You're going to need more than Ghost and Proby, as we've seen. I mean, yeah, I'm aware. But, I mean, because Andy Mack's not going to fucking help. I'll tell you that right now. Chill on him. He had, like, seven points this year. He's shitty. <laughs> he's shitty. That's all he is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm down. Kevin Hayes, if uh, if we can sign him here, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be looking for, like, five, six million with some term. Which, I mean, we have 34 million in cap space. We can make that work. Um But yeah, I mean, middle of the middle of the Stanley Cup and making a trade like that is the biggest Flyers move I've ever fucking seen. Like, it's just all right. Yeah, cup's going on, but we made a move. We made a move. Pay attention to us for a little bit. We're not here very often, which it's facts. Um, But yeah, Kevin Hayes, future Flyer. Hope for it. <clears throat> and you said uh Andy
0: Mac. Just wanted to clarify those. Words. We're not talking Andy McDonald on the blue line. We're talking Andrew McDonald. Andrew McDonald, yes. Not a old boy with the you know the three quarter
1: vies pretty much. Yeah, no, not him. Roller dad, my dad.
0: Yep, he is. So uh we love hearing that. Former blue, love it. Uh, respect. Um moving on to uh the only other uh piece of non NHL news or non blues news, um <clears throat> Eric Carlson. I mean we just smelled him. Had a groin injury, we know that uh, clearly. But the way he was skating, um, had surgery today, and also is going to be required uh, by the Sharks organization to uh, give them some sort of decision on where he's going to stand with his future, as he is a pending UFA. Um, I personally don't think he's going to go back to the Sharks. I think Tampa Bay, as much as I hate to say it, uh, is going to you know move a few contracts and make the room necessary to uh, bring him aboard. But at the same time, if Tampa hasn't gotten it done now, I don't think 65 is your missing piece. He's just bringing more offensive skill and no defense to the table. So it's like, I mean, that's kind of what they already are.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to give here. I don't see him going back to San Jose at all uh, with the stint that they had and just the slow start that he went on. And early part of the year, the injury trouble, and yeah, they made it to the Western Conference Finals. But with his, like I said, with uh, his re-injuries and everything like that and just... Uh, that San Jose team's getting older, um, slowly on the decline, and he's in his prime. He's going to want to try to move somewhere else that he can win a cup now, and I don't think San Jose is that spot. Um, but main thing is, is uh, he just got like like we were talking about. He had um had surgery on May thirty first to repair that groin injury. Says that he's going to be ready at the start of the year. But if I'm GMs and I'm looking to to sign this guy, I need to know with one hundred percent confidence that he can give me at the minimum seventy games, preferably up uh, towards the 80 range, but it, I'm going to need 70 games out of a guy like that if I'm going to be paying him $10 million. So, yeah, Especially
0: if it's a Lightning, you're looking for way more than that. I mean, that team's, you know, if they don't make the playoffs, it's a debacle of
1: a oh, season. Oh, literally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this season was a debacle of a season, and they were the best regular season team of all time, and they just got swept in the first round, and it, it, the season was a failure. Like, that's just how it works. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the guy's going to get his money. That's inevitable. He's too, he's too strong of a player not to, but his health is definitely a concern.
0: I would say one dark horse for Eric Carlson. The only other team I'm kind of putting in this. Play. Granted, teams are going to come out and have meetings with him, but, you know, money, I mean, clearly the guy. Every, money's not everything to him. Winning is, too. I mean, he turned out an eight-year, like, $80 million deal from Ottawa. I mean, money's not the biggest factor here for him. He wants to win. I think a dark horse, honestly, is the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Them and the Senators have been linked. I think the Senators is just a smokescreen, um, but rumor has it and his wife wants to be closer to home. Uh Little geography lesson. Uh California it turns out is nowhere near Ottawa, which is where she's from. Uh <clears throat> checks out. It does check out. I know uh probably just blew some minds there, but uh she wants to be closer to home and Montreal and Montreal's not too far from Ottawa, so uh i think if that truly is a factor they could be a dark horse and you know they don't really have a ton of money i mean most of their money is you know strapped up in shea weber and Kerry price but you know with a guy like that coming on the market and if there's genuine interest from him um, you make room for that and they were not a bad team adding him to that team uh th- they're probably in the playoffs um they could use some more help on the forward forward uh, side of things but i mean if you have shea weber and eric carlson with Kerry price in the cage um you know, Max Domi, Brendan
1: Gallagher, you're looking good. You're at least making the playoffs. That's what yeah, you're
0: here. making the playoffs. And then from there, as we've seen this year, you've got a chance. And that should take us right into game three. Let's get back to our, our boys. Get in. You got a chance. Uh, we're four games deep in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs now. Um, got to gotta talk about game three as much as we don't want to. 7 um, 2 final. Um, you were there. 1,700 bones. <sighs> oh, it's fucking horrible. But I, it, I, I was at Ballpark Village. So I had the luxury of just saying "fuck it," I'm just gonna drink and get in one, and we'll go from there. I don't necessarily have to watch it. There's, there's a, there was a few people there to distract me. I don't know if anybody else was there. Uh, probably were. Uh, there was a few people there, so uh, mind wasn't
1: necessarily on the game once it got to you know five or six to two. See, that's all I had to look at though, <laughs> so it was kind of was, it was kind of tough.
0: Let's start with wh- what went wrong there. I mean, discipline's clear. The- Probably the number one thing that the Blues got away from, and I think their physicality wasn't as controlled as you know we saw in Game Four and, and Game Two. They were, they were kind of out of control and reckless. Um, I think the energy of the building got got to them, the hype of the game got to them, and uh, they did a lot of dumb shit. I mean, they, I don't know even where to start. We, we, how about we kill a penalty if you're going to take one? We didn't. How about we? How about we? Here, here's 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 b- better yet. How about we save a shot? on the power play if we're going to take some penalties. Four shots, four goals, four peepers. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> I mean that, that <laughs> is as tough as it gets. So if you if you want to put that into perspective, okay, so uh Boston's PK, we had one power play goal, but they had five penalties. So that's like 80% PK for Boston. That's not bad. Uh St. Louis's uh PK percentage 0 Z- 0 0%. Four uh, four penalties Four goals. It it doesn't get worse. Four shots, 100% shooting percentage. 100% shooting percentage, 100% power play rate. For the Blues, 0% save percentage on the penalty kill, 0% percentage killed off rate. That's just, wow, that's fucking horrible. I've never heard of that. Literally never. I will say one
0: bright spot out of that game, you know, I don't really want to, you know get hung up on, on the discipline too much because everybody knows it was an issue. But one bright spot of that game was that fourth line. Are you kidding me? Zach Sanford gets in sort the lineup. We're talking about this. We're like, eh, we don't really know how we feel about it. You know, maybe could have seen Mack uh, in there, McKenzie McEachern, or maybe even Jordan Nolan has cup experience, plays a heavy game. But Zach Sanford gets in. We saw him at the beginning of the playoffs. Wasn't good. Was getting absolutely fucking bodied by the Jets. And uh, he comes out after three games. I figured, well, that's the last we're ever going to see of him. Uh, but <clears throat> he comes in, makes a great play below the goal line on Barbashev's goal with gets the primary assist
1: uh That line was really the only line even semi going all night. It was the only line that was any good, literally like that me and my dad were talking about it throughout the entire game. um that line was the only line that had any momentum whatsoever throughout the entire night, like the first five minutes was decent. It's the Sammy play hit. On Bacchus in the corner, got the crowd absolutely buzzing. Then we got a peeper out of it. Had a had a couple good chances, but nothing really, uh, nothing really stuck. But from there on out, for the next 55 minutes of hockey, it was just miserable. Just our defensive zone coverage was shit. You see in like JV mid-state hockey
0: or Chell when you get you know like two on run rushes and you're like oh, I'm gonna fucking blow this guy up at the blue line. He gets the pass off, you blow him up. But then you got a break away. I mean, it's some Chell shit. Yeah, it literally is. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to touch on in here, uh, we saw Bennington get yanked. Uh, national media was like, oh, he's probably uh, – this is the first emotion we've seen out of him. He's nervous. Has he played too much? He's tired. He's tired, all this bullshit. Uh, and then I even was with a lot of Blues fans that night that, that were like, so who, who are they going to go to in game four? And I just looked at him like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, he gave up f- five goals on 19 shots, but, you know, I'd probably put – Two maybe three, I know a lot of people put three. Some people put three. I'm putting two. I think you said you two. probably would put two uh, or two, three. Two, two, two. But still, he's got to be better because that's deflating. Even if you're short-handed, I mean that Tory Krug goal can't go in.
1: Mm-mm. I think I think you even confidently said I make that save. The Tory literally the Tory <laughs> Krug one and the Sean Carey. I I am 100 percent confident that I make that save. And I'm shit at ice. Literally, I'm horrible. Big roller, God though. Uh, God, that's a stretch. Guy, yes. Big roller guy.
0: Are you kidding me? Pa- Perry <laughs> Turnbull, friend of the show. Bless up. Uh, he's coming back. St. Louis Vipers parole. You're
1: going to be the attendee. I'll, I'll be trying out. No, you're going to be
0: the attendee. All right, I guess I'm attendee. You're going to be the backup to Jerry Keller. I'm in. <laughs> 51-year-old Jerry Keller is going to be the starter. It's going to be lit. Uh, does take up a lot of the cage. Kid's about 6'4", 220. It's a walrus. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So, yeah, back to Bennington. Uh Like I said, people were—do we go back to, to Bennington Are you kidding me? Uh, you you ride and die by the people who got you here. And if Jake Allen's in the cage for that second half of the season, we're nowhere near the playoffs. So why would you ever think about—it was a wake-up call. Why would you ever think about
1: going to, to 34 for that game? He was 11-2 with, like, a 934 save percentage following a loss regular season and playoffs. Why the fuck was this a question? And regardless if he gets pulled or not, full time, first time he's been pulled— I see that as a
0: test, as an opportunity, as adversity. And, you know, probably the biggest adversity he's ever faced, he just got pulled in the Stanley Cup final game after, you know, realistically not facing a ton of adversity um, up until the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> so Craig Berube in the off day is like, no, he's in the cage. Like, it's not even a question. It's not even like, oh, we'll wait and see if going to going out. Jordan's in the net. We're fine. We know how he bounces back. We know how our team bounces back. And uh probably a good transition. We bounce back. We're into game four now. And <clears throat> you know this might have been the most complete hockey game the Blues played in the playoffs. I know we've said that a few times, but um, you know, maybe one of those San Jose games that uh that blow out up there five rip. That that's up there, but um maybe the uh the stars game seven and then the uh the game we closed out the Jets. Those are the only other the only other two in, or three in my eyes that, that could compete with this game, this game was start to finish electric.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you have close to five minutes of hockey, I think, what was that, in the second period or the third period? It oh, second. It, it, was it was three minutes of hockey in their zone. In their zone, literally. And then it like just complete dominance. We got like four line changes off of it. Um, the def- team defense in game four was just unbelievable. Jordan Bennington, granted, he had a, he had a solid night. Uh, two goal. The first goal was a was a tip off of Charlie Coyle, then a rebound that he potted, and then the second one, short handed, low pad rebound that he almost had went off the tip of his glove from Brandon Carlo. Yeah,
0: the sniper Brandon Carlo got him. Yeah,
1: roller guy, not bad. Um, but uh, he really didn't have to do much. He wasn't very he wasn't tested tested that much after the first period. I think he faced fourteen shots in the second and third period alone. Like that was it. Uh, but yeah, the, as far as as far as complete hockey games go, this was about as good as it gets.
0: Couldn't agree more, and <clears throat> we saw the the big guys for the Blues show up. I mean, when you look at the who got the goals, Ryan O'Reilly, two of them. He hadn't scored in seventeen games, or he had one in his last seventeen games, or some shit like that. He has two, the game winner also, and the one in the first minute to get the barn absolutely hopping. Uh, Vladdy, that was a sick play by Petro. Comes in, kind of hits, hits, uh, it might have been Krug, I'm not sure, with a little toe drag, shoots, uh, <clears throat> shoots, uh, low pad on Rask. Tarasenko's goes right off the bench, every man's dream, right off the bench, right to the slot, boom, hammers it home. How's that for a shift? About five seconds, you got one in the, in the fucking back of the net. Uh, and then Braden Shen, uh, he was been, he was a force all night. He got an empty netter, but, uh, he was a force all night. I mean, the man had five hits. He was everywhere. Uh, he was playing 16 and a half minutes of ice. And what's really stuck out to me about Braden Shen in this series is his play on the face-off, uh, in the, in the face-off dot. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, as we know, is is probably plagued by some sort of injury. Um, he's looked a lot better in the last series and a half, I would say. He's found his game back, but his faceoff numbers are still below fifty percent. He's still hanging around the forty eight percent mark for the playoffs, which is you know about eight percent below his, you know, regular season numbers on the dot. And granted, you're going against top guys like Bergeron and and uh, uh Tomas Hurdle last series, but um he's still in that same breath with them, so you would like to see better than forty eight percent. Braden Shen, however, in this series is like buzzing at like a 57% clip, and he's taking almost as many draws as O'Reilly is. He's at 57% on 63 draws, and O'Reilly's at 84 draws, and he's got 48%. Braden Shen was 12 of 18 uh, last game on draws. 67% is that good. Um, He's doing a lot of things um, outside of scoring, and he's still scoring in this series. He's our
1: second-leading scorer. Um that's not bad. Yeah, and uh that game for Ryan O'Reilly, that's that's the kinda that's the kind of shit that we've been seeing all year from him. Uh just throughout the eighty eighty two game season. He was he was the workhorse, he was the re, he was the focal point of why this team made this comeback other than him and Jordan Bennington and Greg Barube. When you think of the three guys that turned this around, it's those three easily. Um, real quick, I wanna get into some uh just some time on ice that really, really sticks out to me. Um, first things first, Alex Trangelo and Colton Pareko. Absolute units this entire playoffs. Trangelo finishes game, uh, game four with two apples, plus three, 29 minutes and 37 seconds. Not bad. Three minutes on the power play, three minutes on the PK. Colton Pareko, didn't register any points, but, uh, he was even, had a shot, had a hit, block, 27 minutes, 53 seconds. Pareko, this whole playoffs hasn't really been the guy that, uh, that's been putting up points or anything like that. Just him and Jabo have been that lockdown pair against the other team's top line, night in and night out. Uh, one other thing to note: Joel Edmondson only played seven minutes and twenty-four seconds.
0: Which is funny because Zdeno Chara leaves the game with a broken jaw, and doesn't play the least amount of ice in that game. Joel Edmondson takes that cake.
1: Yeah, Chara was out like mid- left the game midway through the second period. He already had like he had like eight minutes logged or something like that, and Joel Edmondson played the entire game. But Char still finished with more minutes. I mean, wow. Expect to see Bobby Boards in game five for six. Joel, hope the suit still fits. <laughs> yeah. I, I I love you, Joel, but it's not been your series, I'll be completely honest. Um, this Joel series last series, he put up a decent amount of points he, against the Sharks. He was decent. He was throwing he was throwing his weight around. I loved what I saw at Eddie. It's a little different story against Boston. It's a game by game thing. It really is. That's why we that's why we have who we have. That's how that I mean, we're I mean,
0: eight deep on the on the blue line.
1: Literally. Literally eight deep. Um, but here's here's what I really want to get into The Blues' fourth line I'm going to read off some of the top guys Time on ice, real quick For game four For the top two lines Vladimir Tarasenko, 15 minutes, 14 seconds Ryan O'Reilly, 17 minutes, 43 seconds David Perron, 16 minutes, 32 seconds Tyler Bozak, no, he's on the third line, I'm black Jaden Schwartz, 18 minutes, 42 seconds uh, Zach Sanford Only played 10 minutes, but he was on that O'Reilly line And Braden Shen, 16 minutes, 33 seconds now the fourth line, the the fourth line is supposed to be technically by. Watch me count: one, two, three, four. Yes, yeah, for, the fourth. For, like the fourth. they, they play su- the least amount. They're right? supposed to play the least amount. They're supposed to be your worst line technically. Oscar Sundquist, nineteen minutes in thirty-two seconds. Leads all forwards. How are we? All forwards. Your fourth line center lead. Your Lead your team in time on ice. Ivan Barbashev, 17 minutes and 27 seconds. The only guy to play more than him was... Well, there were two guys that played more than him, other than the two I just mentioned. Alex Steen at 17 minutes and 38 seconds, and Jaden Schwartz at 18 minutes and 42 seconds. So you mean to tell me, out of the four forwards that led the Blues in time on ice in game, in game four, three of them came from our fourth line. I'm sick and fucking tired Of hearing how Boston has the greatest fourth line in the world. Because our fourth line is fucking decent. And that's a good thing for those who don't know.
0: But just to run through the uh, spectrum of decent. um, Decent, uh, a.k.a. um, very, very, very good. Um, We got DEC. uh, That's the lowest of the spectrum. You got decent. And then you got decent.
1: And that fourth line is
0: decent. (laughs) Uh yeah, I mean they're decent. Like we said, they didn't even they didn't even register on the score, score on the score sheet either as far as goals or assists and they were our best line.
1: But they made a fucking impact. Like that, they just yeah, they they just hit. They hit everyone. They're hitting I've I've
0: In nine hits. <laughs> he's got 21 hits in this this series alone. Leads the club with hits through the, the through the playoffs at like 72 or 75 hits. Um He's got 21 hits through four games. Do the math; that's five a game. This man is slowly but surely wearing down the Bruins blue line when the pucks are in deep. Because let's be honest, the pucks are not
1: in our own zone when that fourth line's on the ice. No, that Boston, that all all of Boston defensemen are terrified of that fourth line. I mean, between between the three of them, they had 18 hits in game four. Speaking of hits, Zach Sanford just crushed. Charlie Coyle right in front of his
0: bench and he folded and it didn't look like the biggest hit of the playoffs. I mean you see you see Tory Crew blow up Thomas, you see Sunquist concuss Grizzly. I would probably bet Charlie McAvoy felt that hit more than the other two because he got his ribs absolutely crunched into a board that doesn't give. There's no glass there, it's not gonna move. <laughs> There's not. no give there. And he goes, Zach Sanford absolutely crushed him. Put him on his ass still. I'm not saying he didn't put him on his ass, but the other two to the naked eye look so much worse. Zach Sanford's hit felt the worst, I guarantee it.
1: Yeah, and then, like, in the third period later on in the game, Ivan Barbashev just hits him up high right in the chest and throws him into the glass. This this is McAvoy still. Like, holy shit, this fourth line just makes such a fucking impact. It is ridiculous. And that's that's big now because— They're doing whatever they want. They uh,
0: they literally are. I mean, as Ryan Whitney said, Ivan Barbashev's out there doing whatever the fuck he wants. (laughs) Uh, And this is huge because— the the impact this will have over the course of the series is Matt like We saw. I, mean, I mean, granted, he might play in Game Five. He's in a non-contact sweater today. He wants to get in there. Obviously, he knows the season's on the line. He's got to pass concussion concussion protocol. And to, with me, see how fucked up he was a week. Seems a little early, but you never know. Symptoms are different for everybody. He could come back faster. Zidane Ocharo is probably not going to play in Game Five. And I, you know, I don't want to say it because I could see him coming back just because of who he is and you know the kind of hockey legend he is. Uh, I could see that storyline.
1: I mean, yeah, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. <clears throat>
0: yeah, but uh, he's not going to be in for Game 5. I think it's pretty safe to assume that, and there are reports that he's out for the rest of the series, but we'll have to see. I could really see him sneaking in to a, a must-win Game 6 or a must-win Game 7. Um, but back to my point, the the effect that Barbashev and Sanford are having by, by absolutely giving it to McAvoy, he's led their team in uh, ice time on the blue line, all playoffs, Charlie McAvoy has which is, first of all, decent. He's 21. Um, he's going to be not bad. American, you yeah, absolutely love to see it. But <clears throat> now they're going to have to... Charlie McAvoy's minutes are only going to go up, especially if Grizzly doesn't get in. char not getting in has is, is increased his minutes already, but McAvoy... There's talk about them going 70. That seventh defenseman's going to be like some rookie fuck. They've already talked about him. I've never even heard of these people. They're about to put in Stephen Camper. Who is that?
1: And then the other kid, I don't, even, I can't remember his name. I it's some, he's Finnish. Some <laughs> Finnish kid. Yeah, it was like a first round pick in like 2015. Hey, or
0: boss, something. have you ever played in the NHL? He was a Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, I literally just uh, get in there. Oh, region. it's game five too. We gotta win. <laughs> uh. So, the trickle-down effect this could have is unbelievable. And, that you know, I've said it in prior series. This is the same storyline that we've seen in every other series. The Blues get a dud or two out of the way in the first four games. The Blues have done that. Game one, game three, especially game three. Um, Game one of the San Jose series. Uh, And then you see the other teams slowly start to dwindle and die. Slowly but surely. And that's strictly due to the physicality. Uh, you kind of saw Bruce Cassidy maybe reveal a little, bit, a little bit of that today with his quote of him, you know, kind of, he was thinking out loud to a reporter, which is his first mistake, because he said he wonders if we're starting to gain confidence by, see the, by seeing their health start to dwindle. Why are you saying that?
1: That's like rule number one of coaching: you do not reveal any sort of information about any injury of any kind, even if it's just a general statement. You can't fucking do that. And even if it's obvious as as shit that Matt Grizzly couldn't skate off the ice, or that O'Charl can't open his mouth. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't you don't say shit. You call it an upper body injury or a lower body injury, and you move on. Craig Ruby's done it
0: best. Robert Thomas, he knows that he's probably not going to play another game, but every single fucking game day, he answers,
1: "Oh, we'll see." You know, he's day to day. He's getting better. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. It keeps the opponent guessing. It keeps them on their feet. It keeps them having to game plan for these kind of guys. When he says shit like that, it's like, all right, Char's not playing. All right, Grizzly's not playing. We don't have to worry about them. Like, holy shit. I mean, Bruve said today, yeah, we're game planning for Char to play, but he's not going to fucking play. He has a broken jaw. You can't play hockey with him. Mean, we a
0: literally, jaw. literally, as a city and team and fan base, just witnessed somebody go on
1: our team through the same thing, and he was out for three weeks. Yeah, you're not going to be back and in fucking And he's still injured. Let's not get that mixed up. Yeah, he's still eating food through a straw. But he, holy shit, Vince Dunn, were you decent on game four? After wow. That's great transition.
0: Guess what? Don't look at that stat sheet. You might have already seen it. How many minutes did he play in game four? I have no idea, but I'll go with 18. All right. It's 12. He felt, to me, it felt like... like Vince Dunn was on the ice for 25 minutes. He played.
1: He played 12:57. What the fuck, dude? I could. I easily like. I could have swore he played at least 18 minutes. I mean, it like, felt like he was everywhere at all times. He made an impact every time he was dude, on the ice.
0: The Fucking skating ability on the, this guy. Do you the, spin the, the spin move. The spin move. The back yeah. skate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The back skate. He's got the puck in the offensive zone. He is backwards skating towards the blue line. Kind of spins around a guy. And is able to keep the puck in the zone and like keep, a and keep slight, the
1: forecheck going. A little slight backhand toe drag, like around the the Boston forward or whatever.
0: Oh my god, we were talking about this today over text. You know, Marky, big big Flyers guy. We kind of he's like yeah, Shane bear. I, I can you know him and Vince play a very similar game, but we both were like, I mean, Vince is going to be better.
1: Yeah, I can. I am um, the biggest Ghost guy, like biggest Flyers guy, biggest Ghost guy. But I I can say the skating is the difference. Augusta Spare has an unbelievable shot, unbelievable playmaking ability. He's what you want running a power play. But so is Vince, and Vince can skate better. So that's why Vince is going to be better. I mean, Vince
0: is one of the best skating defensemen in the NHL, and I have no problem saying that. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. I mean, people probably don't know him as well around the league, but, I mean, get used to it, especially when he could be potentially hoisting a Stanley Cup.
1: That will get you on the map. Meanwhile, real quick uh back to the fourth line i just want to note something that is just it's very evident the kind of impact that this having a fourth line that can play almost 20 minutes a night the kind of impact that that can have on your team so if you look at um who i can't even remember who's who is boston's fourth line Do you know what i'm talking about you got, you got
0: nordstrom achari and Corrali.
1: okay so nordstrom played 16 minutes Corrali played 1451 and achari played 1240 and then like i said um looking at our fourth line you have Sundquist at 1932, Barbashev 1727, Steen 1738. You know what the most fucked up part about all that is? Our fourth line is playing against the Berger online. Yeah, a exactly. Lot. That's where I'm getting. <laughs> okay, so what that does for St. Louis is that gives your top two lines that are your biggest scoring threat time to rest and be fresh when your power plays come around or when you have momentum and when you need a goal. You can send those guys out, and they have complete fresh legs.
0: So Not only that. They're seeing more favorable matchups too, because that fourth line is usually, I mean, you know, randomness of the game. It's not every shift, but they're playing the majority of their time against Boston's perfection line, as as uh, the media likes to call it. Fuck them. They don't have an even strength point in this series. There is
1: zero. Um, but like, what I'm getting at here is, so like, like I said, Tarasenko, he played 15-14 with three minutes on the power play. Ryan O'Reilly, 17-43, 253 on the power play. Perron, 16-32. Like in Jane Schwartz, 1842. He's a little more versatile. Like him and O'Reilly, obviously, going to be in the 17 plus range just because they're both two way guys. And Braden Shen, 1633. But having your fourth line being able to eat those kind of minutes keeps your top two lines fresh. If you look at Boston, Patrice Bergeron, 1732. Okay, about the same. David Pasternak, seventeen ten, still seventeen plus minutes. That's that's but, less. That's more than O'Reilly. That's more than Perron. That's more than Tarasenko, who only played fifteen. But seventeen for Bergeron's low. He's it really, hurt. Yeah, it's he's, low. Yeah, seventeen is low for Bergeron. If O'Reilly
0: played seventeen minutes a night, with you know not as much contribution, I mean, the Bruins do get contributions down the lineup. Um, not so much from the backest line. That line generates nothing, in my opinion. But <clears throat> when you have a fourth line like this you're able like marky said to give your other guy or to give your top guys a little more rest. Bergeron's playing 17 minutes a night consistently. O'Reilly is going to be 20 21 every night for the most part. But when you have games like this, guys with nagging injuries, if if your top guys, if they're used to playing 20 and you play them 16, Vladdy's case 15, that's enormous.
1: Yeah. And and back to back to like Boston's game times, like if you can if looking at this again, like I said, so per- Bergeron seventeen thirty-two, Pasta seventeen ten, Brad Marshand, something's wrong with him too. He's been fucking horrible. I don't think he's he's made much of an impact at all in this series. It's that left hand, baby. That yeah. He hurt in the fucking
0: scrimmage. The hold on. Let's see if we get the reference. The scrimmage.
1: Oh, I got it. Longest yard,
0: decent. Not longest yard. You just put yourself on Did blast. I? That's fucking tough. Bench warmers.
1: Oh fuck! It is the scrimmage. All right, we got a scrimmage. Thinking, I was thinking of tree outs. <laughs>
0: I don't know, show up to the triage, you big dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if for those of you who can't recall, Richie Bitchie, mm-hmm. you know, he gets called out by the old sporting goods guy. Fuck, name's blanking on me, but doesn't matter, he's irrelevant. They show up, Richie Bitchy. all right, we got a image. <laughs> Great scene.
1: Let's get back to hockey because, but I will make this statement first. That's a top five movie of all time. It really is. Brad Marchand, again, played twenty forty five, had an assist, and I don't really give a fuck. Boston media, way to go on leaking that hand injury, you fucking idiots! But, gee, Boston and just leaking the injury shit. It's just like figure it out. But with the with that line having to play as much as they do, I mean, they're they're gassed, and those and two of the three obviously are struggling with injuries. You with them playing almost twenty minutes a night every night, that's that's going to be taxing. They're not going to be able to be at one hundred percent. Bottom line: this fourth line of Barbashev, Sundquist, and Steen. If you could, like, if the Conn Smythe wasn't a single player award, it would go to the fourth line. But it's a single player award, so I mean, that's not going to happen. But this fourth line has made more than an impact on this series, and it may be the reason why. I'm not saying it, not saying it. May be the reason why something happens on Sunday. I'm all in on that. I'll even take it on fucking
0: Wednesday, Game Seven. I'll take that.
1: I mean, I'm okay whenever it happens. But we're gonna be in the Bar in Game Six.
0: We'd love that. I think we'd. More than love that. <laughs> I mean, I'll cry. I mean, I'll cry. I'll yeah. beer shower myself. I'll pay t- pay eight ten bucks for a beer. That's more.
1: Not a lot. Yeah, I part. mean, twenty bucks for a beer shower is what you are paying. Yeah,
0: but yeah, I it. mean, you respect it. Yeah. Uh, a couple more things we wanted to get into here. Why don't we pull up these numbers? Uh, we were a little bit intrigued. Uh, we were talking a little bit off air before the 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 podcast re- recording began. We got a little interested. I actually have been thinking about this for a while, and we finally put the numbers. Uh, to work uh we we went through the last 10 Stanley Cup champions so we're going back to the 2009 Pittsburgh Penguins team that won the Stanley Cup and we wanted to compare special teams cuz as we know the blue special teams have been actually laughable in in the in the Stanley Cup as a whole uh the, the blues currently sit at a 17.8% power play which is not great in the play, in the regular season um you're you're wanting to sit mid 20s I mean that's good. That's that's a very good power play. The elite ones will touch thirty, but you know we you can't ask that of a team. I mean, you, you just can't. Not you got to have the skill for that.
1: Not everybody's a Washington Capitals or Tampa Lightning. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> but where are they at? Uh, and the Blues penalty kill, as we know, not great. Seventy three point six percent. So here we go. Why don't we just go through the numbers? Uh, two thousand nine Pittsburgh Penguins twenty two point seven on the po- uh, power play. 833 on the PK. 2010 Chicago Blackhawks, 225 on the power play, 833 on the penalty kill. 2011 Bruins, wow, 11.4% pen, uh, power play. Uh, penalty kill at 844 LA Kings, the year that Jonathan Quick absolutely won the Stanley Cup
1: by himself. He's, he literally stole the Stanley Cup. <laughs> they lost four games, and I'm pretty sure he had, I don't even want to look up his numbers because it's just going to make me puke of how fucked up they are. He was so <laughs> good. L.A. Kings, 12.8% on the power play,
0: 92% on the penalty kill. That tells you how good he was. (laughs) 2013 Chicago Blackhawks, 11%, which was surprising to me, 11.4% on the power play. uh, Beat the Boston Bruins that year. How are you? Uh, 90.8% on the penalty kill. 2014 L.A. Kings, 23.5% power play, 83.3% PK. 2015 Chicago Blackhawks, I hate how many times I'm saying the Chicago Blackhawks, 17.9% power play, 79% uh, penalty kill, which, a little foreshadow, that's probably the most, you know, comparable you're going to get to our squad, 2016 Pittsburgh Penguins, 23.4% power play, 85.1% PK, 2017 Pittsburgh Penguins, 20.5% power play, 83.6% PK, 2018 Washington Capitals 29.3% power play is that good and a 76% on the penalty kill which is obviously I know I just threw not a lot of numbers at you but last year over the last 10 years was the lowest penalty kill of any team at 76%. Um, Crunch some numbers, threw out some averages for you. Uh, The average Stanley Cup winner power play over the last 10 years is nineteen and a half percent so the blues are about 1.7 percent below average on the uh, power play and this is where you're going to want to puke the average pk if you have a bad power play in the playoffs you can get by with it history tells us this you just have to be good at killing penalties the average penalty kill is 84.1 percent the blues are eight and a half percent below average on the penalty kill that's not good
1: i mean no it's not it's fucking terrible um but this, this just goes to show you just how good of a team this is five on five. if you stay if this team stays disciplined like they did last game only took two penalties and killed them both off if you stay disciplined against this Boston team, I have the utmost confidence if we stay five on five, we're going down market but we have to stay this we had like what how many penalties was it in the first three games 14. So yeah, I mean, it's it, was it was fourteen. It was fourteen because they went one for five in the first two games, and then four for four. Oh my god, <laughs> four for four in the third game. Luckily, you haven't eaten dinner yet because that would have came up there. It absolutely would have. Um, but those numbers were just three. Like I said, it was a lot. But average power play of nineteen point five, average PK of eighty four point one. Averages aren't close on the penalty kill, but fairly close on the power play. So you don't really need a great power play to win a cup. You just but, need a good but, penalty kill. But here is the thing. The only three teams with worse
0: power plays than us, Boston, L.A., Chicago, three straight years, 11 through 13, 11.4, 12.8, and 11.4 on the power play. Those three years, Boston, 84.5, L.A., 92.1, and Chicago, 90.8 on the PK. You can win with a bad power play. It's not ideal, but you can do it. Your PK's just got to be elite, and the Blues' their PK is just the
1: furthest thing from elite. Yeah, 73.6 will not play, I'll tell you that. Um, But, I mean, I I literally just said it. Five on five, this team is the best team in the league. It's not close.
0: It's not close. And uh, all you you needed of proof of that was the uh, three-minute shift, that the uh, shifts, I will say. The the shen tarasenko line saw the ice two full shifts in these three minutes of real time. And the second and third line both took shifts. So we had four Three line changes and four total shifts before the puck got out of the zone. Is that good? Yes. Okay. My sources are telling me that's good. Why don't we move on to our last little segment? We forgot to do it last time. We'll wear it. We got ice. Figured out, eh? I got my guy. I don't know if you've had time to get your guy.
1: I mean, my guy's Joel Edmondson, but I mean I that's not my guy. I Good thing we it, have for right. the first time ever we disagree on this. All right, different guys. But uh, with my guy, I don't really have to go very in depth with it because all he's going to be figuring out is how to put a ducks on. So that's tough. You hate to beat him like that, but I mean, I love guy. I said it earlier. Love guy. Plays hard game. Just been miserable this series. I'll say it.
0: Yep, I'm not going to disagree there. I'm going to figure it out, eh? I'm going to let David Perron figure it out. If we're going to pull up some numbers here, this series, granted, one of our best players in the playoffs or in the regular season points wise, and is a top five player for us in the, in the playoffs uh, points wise. So he's definitely not been a a disappointment in any stretch in the first year of this four year contract he signed with us. But in the, in this post, uh, in this Stanley cup final, he has played four games, has zero points, is a dash one and has taken three penalties in four games Um. There's a lot of frustration on Twitter with David Perron. And I, uh, as much as I want him to figure it out, I stood up for the guy on Twitter because you can't take this guy out of your lineup. Who in the fuck are you going to put in? I mean, you have Zach Sanford in your lineup already. Robbie Fabry's shown us nothing. Robert Thomas is hurt. Mackenzie McEachern's not going to go play, you know, a a top six role of any fashion because you already have Blay and Sanford holding top nine roles. Um, I don't like Sanford and Blay in the top six McEachern. And you'd have to sub in two guys. Like we don't have that. I mean, Jordan Nolan. I mean, I like the guy, but I like the guy in a healthy lineup. So I'm out on I'm out on benching David Prawn. I just like to see him play a more controlled game and maybe get on the score sheet. And uh, there's plenty of series left. Um, I honestly, to be on, uh, to be honest, I would not be surprised to see him get on the score sheet. That's just how the playoffs have gone, when some of our top guys are going and other guys aren't. Those other top guys that have been going, start to tail off for a few games, and the other guys get going. Our fourth line's going. Our top guys aren't going; they tail off on the score sheet. Our top guys get going. We've seen that in Stanley Cup Final. Now it's just the way you have to win in the playoffs. And yeah, I'm not going to be surprised if David Prane scores a big goal or makes a big play in these next two, hopefully, games or three games.
1: I like the point. I like the pick, and he uh, made a lot of good points there. And uh, just uh we're good. since Sammy Kay's not here. We're gonna throw out a third figure it out eh? and shocker, we're going back to special teams. Um, so like I said, like we said earlier, seventeen point percent power play and like a seventy-three point six percent PK. That's for the whole playoffs. If you want it's worse. Let's pull up these numbers <laughs> in the Stanley Cup <laughs> final. I know for a fact
0: we are sitting at a seven point six percent on the power
1: play. That is atrocious. And yep. a
0: sixty two and a half percent on the PK.
1: The series is two two. If you tell me that one that one of the two teams in the Stanley Cup Final has a 7% power play and a 62% For penalty kill. Through four games, I'm telling you that series a, is over. It's a sweep. <laughs> I'm telling you it's a sweep. If that doesn't speak to how good this team is five on five and just if we stay disciplined, we're not going to have a problem, That I don't know what does. If we can figure out our power play, just get one. Get one goal out of the next two fucking games. I'm fine with that. And kill off some penalties, we're fine.
0: One last thing before we get out of here. Uh, definitely not going to record till this series is over, probably. Um, we're going to recap that, hopefully on just the biggest high of euphoria. Um, not, not weed, not peyote, not cocaine. We're clean guys, all right? Facts. Um, who scores the game-winning goal for the St. Louis Blues to win this thing?
1: Tough. Uh, I will tell you, Sam's pick. It's going to be Tarasenko. I mean, yeah, that's that's the obvious one. Um, a guy that I've been saying has been due the entire playoffs, and we all know that a lot of big goals in the playoffs come from defensemen. Duncan Keith, 2015. Out. Al- Alec, Alec Martinez. Martinez. Holy yard sale! Like unbelievable. Uh, here's my pick. He's been quiet all playoffs, but he's been an absolute fucking animal. On the defensive side of the puck, but hasn't been putting up any points. Had a lot of shots blocked because he's got the, a slight cannon. Uh, the game-winning goal. To I see, might know where you're going with this. You might. He's pretty hot. Um, the hottest guy in the league, to be fair. Yep, we cleared that up today. Colton Pareko, he will score the game, the cup-clinching goal for the St. Louis Blues. That's my pick. I know you're going to like my pick.
0: Not the former flyer. It's not Braden Chen. This man has already done
1: it once in the playoffs,
0: and it would only be fitting if Pat Maroon won this damn city a Stanley Cup.
1: And if he wins this city a Stanley Cup, I'll see it All-American, boss. Literally, we're going to touch the cup. That's a fact. Yeah, I mean, literally. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Bobby.
0: Uh, but that's my pick. Um,
1: he's been down
0: in this Stanley Cup final. He's only registered two hits, or... Er, yeah, I think he's only registered two hits. He's taken a penalty. He's a dash four in four games, no points. It's all setting up for that. I told you David Prahn is in the same boat. He hasn't done much, and I can see him doing it. But it's only the the right ending to this Cinderella story that Pat Maroon scores a game-winning goal. And it might not be an overtime goal. It might be, you know, the the, the first goal in the game, and it's just we never lose a lead again. That that That's the game-winning goal. It could also be, in overtime, 2-2, two, two, he pots and jumps through the glass and says, How are you, Uncle Rob in row five? I mean, it could go either way. But Pat is my pick. Um, it's the only logical way, in my mind, that this story ends.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. I'm down for all three picks, but uh, with that.
0: With that. Cut roads. Take us down Market Street with the fucking Stanley Cup in our hands. Let's ride.